welcome to Talking Home Renovations with the House Maven. I am your host, Catherine McVale. I am an architect. I practice in Eastern Massachusetts, and most of my work is additions and renovations to existing homes. So about two years ago, I thought there must be a way for my clients to get a little bit prepared and investigate on their own. Maybe I'll start a podcast that will help them understand what goes into home renovations. So for the last two years, I've been talking to other architects, vendors, contractors, and also homeowners about their home renovation stories. Today, I am talking to LaShawn Key from South Carolina, and we're talking about good clients. What are good clients that he's had? What makes a good client? How can somebody be a good client? How can we be good clients? So LaShawn has an interesting history for an architect. He spent 10 years in the military until an injury forced him to change his career. And as he says, during one of the hardest seasons of his life, He says a conversation with his five-year-old daughter reignited a childhood dream of becoming an architect. He ended up going to Savannah College of Art and Design to become an architect, and he graduated in 2010. He has found a passion for residential design. Here's my conversation with LaShawn. Well, welcome, LaShawn. Thanks for coming on. Thank you for having me. I'm excited about it. Yeah, well, I'm excited to hear about your story of a project that went really well. <laughs> we don't yeah, talk it, about that it, enough, it was maybe. great. I wish I could have like, I don't know, 10 more of those guys on, yeah. on a larger scale. All right. Well, tell me tell me about it. Okay. Well, it was a great project. Um, I'm, it was interesting how I met him. I was doing a uh, reclaimed wood wall in my house. You know, my wife has all these honeydew projects. So I wanted to do a wood, reclaimed wood wall. And I was trying to find some wood all over the place, driving around um, and saw this fence that was pushed over and went by there, uh, knocked on the door. Actually, the owner, he was outside um, putting it on the curb. And I was like, you mind if I give you a hand and I can keep whatever wood I want? And he was like, you know what? Take all of it if you want. And he asked me what I was doing with it. And I told him, and he was like, you know, um, do you uh, work on houses? And I was like, well, yeah, actually, I'm an architect, you know, um, I can uh, I do, you know, I work in, at that time I was working in commercial and uh, he was like, do you do residential? I've been thinking about this. And we started talking about his house. So we stopped and went into his backyard and uh, he had a, a deck that was very old and falling apart. And he just wanted to redo it, make it bigger. Um, But he wasn't sure exactly what to do. He just wanted to create a space for his family to kind of hang out, maybe do some barbecues. And uh, but he wasn't exactly sure what exactly to do. And it was a pretty house. Um, The deck was maybe it was an elevated deck. And it was weird because you walk out his back kitchen and there's just a like a walkway of a deck. And then the rest of the deck was over here on the right-hand side, but the rest of his house was to the left, so it was kind of floating out in nothing. Hmm. He was like, just rebuild it, you know, like it is, but nice. And, you know, <laughs> but he was like... Just like it is, but better. Right? Yeah, just Don't like it is, Don't change anything. Better. Just make it better. And I, I, I kind of explained to him, I was like, I can do that. I can do whatever you want, but consider this. You know, you have all this room over here, you know, you you can build this deck and then go to your left on the back side of your house and maybe close it in. I said, 
you will pay a little bit more. It's a little bit more expensive because you're having to roof it and all that. And he was like, look, I just want a nice area for my family. I'll give you creative freedom. You know, we can talk about it as long as we, you know, keep talking about it. And he didn't have a budget in mind and he was concerned about the budget, but he also was concerned about creating this space that worked well for his family. Hmm. So I um, I, I was excited because he gave me creative freedom. You that know, is he, exciting. He said he wanted one thing, but gave me creative freedom to interpret what that thing was after he explained everything that he needed and i think that was the the key that made that project fun um, mm. it was on a very tight budget but the um just him trusting me made it the best experience um that i've, I've seen ever yeah and you were just a guy who stopped to help him take down his fence to take his wood and yeah, trusted you I'll... anyway you must have <laughs> made a great impression that, um, an actual project came out of that um, I mean, it was, it was, it was great. I showed him the, uh, he uh, paid me for the designs. You know, we, we talked through it, um, got a structure engineer involved because he ended up saying, yeah, we could cover it with a roof. And then he talked about doing metal, uh, on the roof and all kinds. Of, I mean, he started to continue to go and I had to remind him of his budget Yeah, and, um, which was interesting. I never had to do that before. It's usually the other way around so we got it done and we went by there it was funny because we got it done just before COVID hit and I wasn't able to go by there and he works in the medical field he and his wife and they got really busy so I remember riding by after things had kind of settled and everything opened up I went by there and he told me it's the greatest space um they spend majority of their time out there him and his wife and their daughter they uh, baby girl uh they you know have put a tv out there and on it's a small dining side because it comes out of the kitchen and then a family sitting area he was like man we we spend our whole day out here we don't even be inside anymore really so you know that was the icing on the cake for me to just create this space i was given creative freedom and then the client talks about how much they love the space and spend mm. so much time in it so i was thoroughly happy i would love to have you know 10 more projects with him um, if I could. Yeah. I find if clients tell me what they need and then they let me come up with a solution to their problem, mm -hmm. like that's the way the whole thing should work. Instead of saying, I want this room out to the side that's 14 by 16 and has this kind of right. roof and all the rest of it. And it was weird because, you know, at work, w when I was working in um, the commercial sector, working with a lot of developers, like their hand or their thumb is on every single decision. It's like, no, do it this way, this way, this way. And so it was real weird for me to engage him this way. It was, you know, I, I kept pinching myself for like, is this a dream? I'm, I'm, but it, and it worked so well though, you know, there's all this, this communication and this collaboration back and forth with him saying, what about this? Or can I do that? Or what do you think about this? And me explaining to him, and he was like, well, you know, I trust you because you're the professional. And um, which is really nice to have your client tell you, I trust you, mm -hmm. your judgment. Um, it, it speaks volumes and, and the relationship m made that so much better when he said that. Um, whereas when there's no trust there and you're questioning every single decision or move that you make, when, like you said, they give you what they want and you're interpreting it. To give them what they need. Yeah. 
Yeah. You know, I hadn't thought of this question before, even though I've been practicing a pretty long time at this point, like 20 years or more, because I had a client a few years ago ask me, uh, how can I be a good client or how can we be good clients? And I, I was mostly floored by that question because nobody had ever asked me that before. Right. I had never really thought about it in that way. Like what, what makes a good client? I guess if you're spending all this money on an architect, it would be good for people to know how um, how can I get the most out of this and how can I bring the best to the table? Yeah. You know, so what do you think? How can people be good clients? What I told them was that I would like them not to, um, I, I would like them to listen to each other. I find sometimes people are at odds with each other. Right. They haven't really seemingly talked all that much about what they really, really want out of a project. And so then it just becomes like um, kind of a disrespectful atmosphere between the people who are the owners, the homeowners, you know? Right. Well, so that's, that's the only thing I could think of, but I'm sure we could come up with a better list. Well, I mean, fortunate for me on, on this situation, um, I, I mainly dealt with the husband because um, his wife was she was very hands-off and was like, I don't care. Just create a, a place. Uh, you know, whatever you decide is good. Um, she was more focused on the baby and work. And um, and they had renovated this home um, through the years. And he, the husband, led a lot of the renovations. So um, I guess they had worked it out. and um, She understood him and he understood her. And they kind of knew exactly what they were doing. But... Um, what makes a good client or how, how can a client be a good to an architect? Um, I guess looking at this situation, this client with me, I would say, um, first of all, like you talk about the, the communication, not just on the client side, but the communication between the architect and the client has to be um, there. Um, you have to have open communication lines. Uh, you know, we can talk about something that we disagree on. And still communicate, you know, in a respectful manner and, and still remember that, hey, we're a team, you know, you, me, even bringing in a contract when the contract comes, we are a team to finish this project that will solve your problem. You know, this is the solution. And we may not all agree there, but we have to work together to get there. So communicating and remember we're a teamwork. But then I think... um trusting uh your design professionals you know you're the client and you've hired this architect you're going to pay this architect good money for your solution at your home or wherever now, even if it's commercial but you know you're hiring them trust them um don't put your thumb down on them and and assume now i get it i i understand you know i'm paying good money then i want a certain service but I'm also paying good money because of your professional judgment, your experience, your knowledge, um, and your creativity, you know? So, and, and as the architect, we're taking all of that information that you're giving us and we're regurgitating it out for a solution that we think will meet your needs. So trusting that architect is, is key, you know? I can think of many times growing up, I didn't trust a person or a situation or whatever because I thought it wasn't in my best interest until they say hindsight is 2020. You know, we get past that situation. I look back and I'm like, oh man, they, they really did have my best interest in mind. But I think having that in mind as a client early can help situations to be a lot better. 
Yeah. Yeah, it'll it'll definitely help an architect do his or her job. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. when I approach a project, I realize this is not my project. Like, at the end of the day, I do not live here. I may have a picture of it. I'm, it may go in my portfolio, but it is not for me. Right. So anytime I approach a project, I throw out what I like. And I try to listen to what the client likes. Um, what they want. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I do bring in things, you know, trends or whatever, or things that are big or nice or whatever, and things I think might complement what they're saying. But at the end of the day, I try to make the client's project. Right. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. But if they just tell us what they want, then they're not open to other interpretations that might end up serving them and right. completing the project in a even better way. Yes, you know. yes. Um, my mom used to say there's more than one way to skin a cat. True. And I don't know why we say that saying. Why I don't know. Is there, is there, uh, there must be one more than one way to skin a cat. I <laughs> never hope to I, never skin a cat, actually. I've never skinned one either. But um, just that idea, though, there's more than one way to do something. I think the educating that client, um, educating the client on that. And I think you got to have a good relationship. So if you got a great relationship, then you can have those tough, if you will, conversations where you want to go in a different direction because you know it's, you know, it's complimenting what they really want, but what they said they want is not meeting their need, mm -hmm. if you will. Yeah. So just having that great relationship. And sometimes you got to, you know, have that sit down like, hey, look, let's let's sit down and talk about this and let, let me help you understand where I'm coming from. Let's, let's forget all the other things and try to move the, the antagonizing back and forth away and go to a neutral setting and just talk about it. Sometimes that helps a lot. Um, mm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, so far we've got communication and trusting. Yes. In the professional. Is there anything else that you can think of? That would help make them a good client? That, um, I mean, obviously paying. Yeah, paying. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, I've been in a, a, a situation where they didn't want to pay um, or they wanted to pay me, uh, what's the word? I'll just say cheap. Mm -hmm. Very, very, very cheap. And somebody mentioned something a while back. I'm trying to remember it correctly, but it's not just my time that you're paying for um, the experience to get to the point where I'm at now right. had to come at a cost. Right. Um, to, it's funny. I was talking to a gentleman yesterday who um, a client contacted him to do a renovation on her home there. They want to put building a, a uh, extension on it. And it's a really small room. And she said, it's just basically lines on paper. Can't you do a quick sketch so I can submit it to the permit office? And, you know, this wasn't the client, but I referred to him. I said, look, it's more than just lines on paper. I said, when we draw those lines, I said, you think we're thinking three dimensionally. When we draw a wall, we're thinking how tall that wall is. But not only how tall that wall is, is that wall flash right? You know, where's the water going to drain down into that into this existing structure now? Because we're putting new meeting old. They're not thinking about that. They just see a line on a piece of paper. We're thinking about 
Okay, you know what? I got to heat and cool this space now. You know, is the structure on it? Is this going to stand up? Um, you know, they were in a low lying area, and I was like, okay, is this a flood zone? What's going to happen if water starts to raise in this area? And he was like, you know what? I never thought about all that. And I was like, yeah, this is what we're thinking about when we draw the quote unquote lines on paper. So right. it's not just lines on paper. Then I have to deal with the permanent office. And he quickly understood that it wasn't just lines on paper or just a quick X, Y, Z. So having an understanding that it's more than um, just doing X, Y, Z. There's a lot of knowledge, um, years of experience that have gotten us to this point of being an architect and working on your project and solving your problems. So I'm not saying we're trying to get rich off you, but we do have to pay for that. They don't, no one asks a doctor or a lawyer about that. They, you know. About um, their hourly fee. Yeah. And, and, you know, or a doctor, they just, hey, doc, you're the best at cancer treatment, right? You, I want the best. So here you go. Take care of me and don't bat an eye at the bill. But when it comes to us, it's like, oh, can, can we do this cheaper? Yeah. But you want the best end goal of your design. Yeah. So to be a great client, I understand that, you know, you have a dollar amount, a budget that you're trying to stick to. But being able to pay is, uh, I think, is important. Yeah. I mean, in the end, the reason yeah. we do what we do is because this is our job, which is how we pay our bills. So exactly. there's other things that go into it, like dedication and just love of building spaces and things. But in the end, we would like to get paid when we put out the invoice. And it's kind of an uncomfortable situation when someone is not paying their invoices for maybe three months or so, and yet just continuing on as if, you know, as if nothing's nothing's going on. Yeah. And at some point, it, it kind of, at some point, I feel like that starts to um, eat away at the trust between the two people because it's an you know a contractual arrangement that's not being held up so yeah now if, if there's issues I th again i go back to what my mom say you know we we always my mom was big on communicating you know growing up so i i took that to her and i try to add that to my professional life and i say look if there's a problem let's talk let's sit down and talk matter of fact let's not even do it during the day let's let's go have dinner somewhere okay because um, there's something about food. Mm. Um, I'm a foodie. I love food. And there's something about eating a nice meal in a nice environment and then discussing things and putting the, the confrontation aside and just talking and saying, look, help me understand. That's a big thing that I like to say. Help me understand. Help me understand why I can't get paid for this or help me understand what is the big disagreement or whatever. And I think if, if, we're able to do that and the client is willing to do that. I think we can we can solve some of those issues a lot better. Hmm. Yeah, I agree. Okay. So communication. Mm -hmm. Trust. Trust. Being reliable on your payment schedule. Yes. Yeah, I, I think those are the, the key things. If you if a client can take care of those. Yeah. And, and I say this because I'm a client to others. And so I have to remember that. Like, um, I, I was I was somewhere and uh, I was doing business with someone and I was like, OK, how much are you? And it was like, I'll send you an invoice. And I was like, look, I got my car right here. I want to pay it. 
because your services, like you have to get paid for your services. I don't want to forget this. You know, that's just me. I'm, I'm real big on making sure I take care of you because in the end, at the end of the day, this is a business, whether we disagree or whatever, you perform the service and I have to, you know, be right by that. Yeah. And, and then I'm a people person. So I love to keep my relationships intact. Like I hate when, uh, there's strife between people. It, it bothers me. And I'm like, Hey, let's, let's talk about this. Let's figure out what's going on because like, I like having you in my life. Even though we may not agree on a bunch of things, I like people and I love having people around. So having that relationship is key. So I do this even outside of my business when I'm the client. Right. How do you know if somebody's going to be a good... You can probably tell, just like that guy could tell when you were helping him with his fence. I ask a lot of questions when I'm meeting a potential client for a project. What do you ask them? Well, I want to know about them. Um, not just the project. Um, so typically what I'll do is, um, I, I just want to know about them. I, I just did a, well, I am, I have a proposal out for a project for a, an a extension on a home and we got to talking and, you know, he's a hunter. Um, he, um, it's funny. Everyone says, oh man, you know, when I was in school, I wanted to be an architect, but life happens or whatever but uh he said he wanted to do that but um his wife is uh, i got to know about their family i want to know about their family what their interests are hobbies and it's not like i just say oh what do you do what do you like it's just a conversation and as we're <laughs> you mean you don't you don't you don't just ask them like what's your favorite color no they, they, you gotta be tricky because mm -hmm. you do want this information, but you got to be tricky about it, how you get it. Yeah. You know, um, like notice the things in the house. You know, if it is a color, a specific color in the house, maybe uh, you see teal all over the place. Like you come to my house and you will see teal everywhere. And you will realize that, you know, teal or turquoise, turquoise is my favorite color. Teal is my wife's favorite. And so you're starting to develop a theme and having a conversation like, oh my gosh, like, oh, I really like that accent wall then you can start to get it out oh yeah my wife wanted me to do that it's her favorite color boom now you got information mm -hmm. you know that you can start to use to help process what type of person uh this this client this potential client can be um so you get them to talk and then and then you can see like this guy he actually gave me a tour of his house showed me his garage and you know all his uh treasures from from hunting and stuff and the Really great guy. Really great guy. We could be friends um, just from what I know of him and uh, getting to know his family. So just stuff like that, you know, just uh, asking these questions or having these conversations and being observant. Walking up to a house, okay? You know how a lot of people have stickers on their car. You get to know a lot of things looking at the stickers like my kid is an honor student at such and such. Yeah, yeah you're right. You can You can tell a lot. So I use all of that information to tell me about a, a person and how this potential client will be with me. And um, so, yeah. Do you do you not take projects based on your reading of the client, you know, in terms of like their personality? And I mean, are there people that you would say no to just based on on that interaction? Yes. Well, 
I'll say yes. I have, I, I've had a potential client, really a contractor who's um, been trying to call me on some very little things and they keep telling myself that this is not in my wheelhouse. This is not, you know, I am at that point now where I want to say, hey, obviously we're, we're not in the same circles of projects that I want to work on. So this is not a good fit. But the the people person in me keeps that relationship there. So, um, but I'll get a call from them a couple of times and I'll just have to say this probably not the best, you know, fit for me. Um, client wise contacted me directly for a project. Um, I'm fortunate enough to say I have not had that experience yet where I had to say, um, this is not going to work. And I can want to say, I hope I never do, but I'm sure it will happen eventually. But I'm, I'm always mindful of that. You know, I'm always excited about, Hey, where's my next project? Where am I going to get the next work? Because I got to pay these bills, but I'm also very mindful of, do I want added stress in my life? Um, do I want to just have a difficult birth of a project? And I really don't. So I, I try to keep that in mind as I talk to clients or, or potential clients. Am I interpreting this correctly in that you might advise homeowners to feel like how, how that relationship feels and if it doesn't feel right not to move forward? Yes. Yeah. If it... If a homeowner is meeting a, you know, an architect or you could, you could say this for anything. Sure. Yeah. HVAC guy coming to your house, you know, whatever. Getting to know them and, and if they don't feel comfortable, chances are I would say then don't. Don't move forward. Now, obviously, you got to ask yourself why. You have to be able to answer why. And because it's not good enough answer. Mm. But you you need points as to why. And if it takes a couple of conversations, then have those couple of conversations. But yeah, do not, I wouldn't recommend anyone move forward where there's this. Now, I won't say a hesitancy because, you know, we get hesitant or what they call buyer's remorse. You sign a dotted line, dotted line in like, oh, did I really want to do that? That happens. That's natural. I'm talking about where. You just it the the conversation wasn't going well. It wasn't heading in a direction that you liked or they liked, and it was just difficult, you know. Um, then I would say I would highly recommend no find someone else. Call me if you have to. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, Sean, I think that's all really great advice. How can people get in touch with you if they want to call you and they can't find anyone? <laughs> I like. Well, people can find me. I'm in the uh, Charleston area, South Carolina. Um, you can find me going to my website. It's keydesignllc.com. That's probably one of the easiest ways to reach me. I'm on social media. I, I have a uh, Instagram. I use it very little. My kids get on me about that, about <laughs> using it. And I'm like, look, you guys should use it then. But it's, uh, it's the same thing at keydesignllc. No S. I found out there's another um, key designs with an S. I am without an S. Hmm. Well, key design LLC, both for the website and social media. I mean, you can email me, LaShawn at keydesignllc.com. Okay. Well, great. I'm going to link to all that in the show notes. So if people, you know, want to reach out or check out your work or whatever it may be. 
that's yeah. where they can find that. I'm just a, you know, a fun guy. I love life. Love to have fun and uh, just happen to be an architect. That's all. And what do you like to cook? You said you like, you're a foodie. So what's your favorite? If I came oh, to your man. house, what would you cook for me? If you were coming to the house, oh man, that's a struggle because <laughs> I would want to cook so many different things. Like, um, I'm going to fix you some Hawaiian food. You know, my, mm. my wife is from Hawaii and, uh, man, some lomi salmon. That's one of my favorite dishes. It's, uh, you eat sushi? Yeah. Yep. Okay. I, I have to be sure and ask because we, we've met some people that don't. Um, it's funny because for years I said, I don't eat raw fish because growing up, my mom was like, you better cook that food. And so when I met my wife, you know, we, She's from Hawaii. We go to these luau's and stuff. They would have lomi salmon. I'm just eating it up, eating it up, killing it. And this has been going on for like eight years. And then we were somewhere and she heard me say, I don't eat raw fish. And she was like, you eat lomi salmon. <laughs> I said, no, I don't. I don't eat no raw fish. Okay. My mama said, and you listen to your mama. Okay. And she was like, no, you've been eating raw fish. So I went to Google and I looked up the recipe and I was like, oh, I eat raw fish. <laughs> And it was so good. Yeah. It blew my mind. So now, oh man, we love it. So it would be a struggle um, to say maybe lomi salmon and something, or I love to smoke. Um, I have an amazing, uh, I do an amazing uh, pork belly, but then my beef brisket is pretty good. <laughs> um, my family loves my wings. I have a, a, a rub that I put on my own special rub so it's, it's a lot of different things that i love to cook or, or love to go eat so i i can't pick one okay well you can surprise me then if i ever come down through south carolina i'm definitely dropping yes. by but i'll give you i'll give you some um i'll give you a heads up so you can get ready the table will be spread no oh, thanks LaShawn. thanks again LaShawn, for sharing your insights Sometimes we have clients and sometimes we are the client. It's good to be mindful of that and and be the best we can be in both roles. So thanks to you for listening. So the big excitement this week. In the past, I know I haven't been all that excited about Facebook and I've maybe said a couple things. I've launched a group page there, which actually I started in March of 2020, but I was the only one in it until this week. I've invited people who have been on the podcast before, uh, homeowners, people who are already following my my other page. And so what I'm hoping is that we can build this community there where architects and homeowners and vendors and contractors and all of us, can we just be there together and discussing questions or issues that uh, pertain either to the episodes that we had or just what you'd like to see on the show or whatever. It's just a community. So come join me there. It's called Talking Home Renovations Together. We already have several past guests in there. LaShawn is there. Isra from the episode last week is in there. Um, Caitlin Parker, who was the Tulsa bungalow, she's in there. Anyway, come on, check it out. I'd love to have you there and we can we can get to know each other. So as always, send me an email if you have suggestions or comments. I'd love to hear from you. You can go to my website, which is talkinghomerenovations.com for episode enhancements, transcripts, information about becoming a guest, or just to catch up on past episodes. And speaking of episode enhancements, you know, you can get those delivered right to your inbox. You can sign up for my mailing list. Actually, also, you can get a download, a free download about 10 common mistakes to avoid. You can just go ahead and download that. You get that. 
And then you also get to have the episode enhancements delivered to your mailbox every Wednesday morning. The episode enhancements are where I can put photos and other things that can't go in the show notes because they don't allow photos in there. Come join me on my other social media. I'm on Instagram, it's Talking Home Renovations, Twitter, Talking Home Reno, although I don't really know how to use Twitter so much, to be honest. I'm on TikTok, too much. Join me on Clubhouse on Saturdays, 10 a.m. Eastern, where we discuss past episodes, other issues. Anyway, we just chat for about half an hour, 45 minutes or so. So that's the Talking Home Renovations Club on Clubhouse. Anyway, the show notes, as you know, lots of links there to LaShawn's information, to my information. If you like this podcast, I would love it if you would leave a review or even just a rating. If you're in Massachusetts, you need another set of eyes on your design or you need some advice, architectural advice, I've got an Ask an Architect Design Helpline. So there's a link to that in the show notes. And this podcast is a member of Gable Media, the most engaged AEC multimedia network on the planet. So check out the podcasts and video channels that are a part of that network at gablemedia.com. That's G-A-B-L-M-E-D-I-A.com. As always, this is a production of my architecture firm, Demios Architects, and we believe that architects are for everyone. Until next time, take care.